welcome once folks. again. Howdy, folks. Welcome once again to David Foster, Wallace, and Gromit, the only officially unlicensed Infinite Jest fan cast. Um, you know, I, I'm Jared. With me always is Steve, uh, here to discuss another uh, section of Infinite Jest to talk culture writ large, to uh, to convene and and uh, and discuss what we've discovered this week. Steve, do you We're have anything else? We're true. at it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't to know. Be, people... to, be, to be truth, to tell you the truth, or to, to be honest, rather, to speak truth to power. Um, sure. And uh, I guess obviously, we should just start off by a, a, issuing a quick apology, um, because last week we actually had an email uh, come to us that we neglected to get into. So I think mm. maybe we should start. Oh, is this by... one? Is this one from? Uh... The big, uh, the big cheese. This is from the man himself. This is from our boots on the ground correspondent. Uh, nice. This is from Damon Money himself, and uh, I would be, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't go ahead and read this on the show. Let everyone know. Let all of our listeners out there, everyone internationally, know what uh, what Damon's thinking about, where he stands, uh, and kind of how he how he's been holding up during everything. Uh, let's go ahead and just get into this. Um, this is dated. Uh, Thursday, April 23rd, 2020, uh, 3.30 p.m. Uh, Dear dads, here with your boots on the ground update from England. The weather is hot, my feet are sweating, but I don't want to neglect my new responsibilities, so I'll keep these boots on for as long as possible. Quick housekeeping. Uh, my favorite jelly bean flavor is yellow. Now, as a, a bit of quick editorializing, uh, and as our listeners know, yellow is, uh, is a flavor. That's fair. Bit of an issue, though. Steve, and I'm sure you're, you're, you're just rearing to hop on this one. Um, depending on where you are in the world, it could be lemon. It could be sort of a vague citrus. You know, some places it might be butter. It might be buttered popcorn. It, could, see, be, it could be banana. It could be anything. Here's the thing. It, let me jump in. Let me just jump in here. Go ahead and jump in. And just tell you. Uh, you've made a, a very grand misstep that I know Damon's wise to. And let's just put it this way we're on the same wavelength because i get i i know what damon's referring to you know what he's referring to he's certainly i do he's going safeway select there he's is going, he's there going, is only uh, one yellow he's going there Tesco is only select. one yellow because we're not talking about the high grade we're not talking about that those kinds of jelly beans we're talking about the big ones big as your thumb we're talking about the big ones yeah and there are only a certain number of flavors you know what what uh, what flavors green it's green yep what flavors pink it's pink mm-hmm. what flavors yellow it's yellow so i'm with damon on this one and i think i really don't think that there was a misstep i think that was an unfair judgment call uh, i don't think it's an unfair i don't think it's an unfair judgment call as much as i think it's a preemptive measure because if we were to find out that damon's referring to your jelly belly your berry bots we're going to have a problem um we expect and assume, as Damon is our third mic, that he is on the same wavelength as us. That he, there's a level of synchronicity. If that has I'm broken sure. down, I'm sure. and I'm sure, I'm sure as well. But if that has broken down, that's a larger conversation. Um, as as a continuous, I have, my, side, I have my faith in in uh, in the big money that uh, that he's on the same page and he's going Safeway Select. Uh, as a as a continued aside, do you want to? you know, allow us to, to indulge a moment. And would you reveal to the listeners your favorite jelly bean flavor? I will not do that. That's a, that's a, a far step. And I would say 
what episode are we on? 50? Something like that? Something like that. That's probably information for episode 5,000. I think that's more like paywall information now that I'm thinking about it. That's something once the Patreon is <laughs> yeah, set up. Okay. That we're like a live show. A live show where we put the people's phones in those Faraday cases. And we make sure that there's no recording, that there's no memory of it. And, um, and that is when we, we, that's like the show ends, you know, uproarious, like all of our live shows have ended, uproarious applause. Um, you know, we, we come back for two, three, four encores. And at that final encore, the crowd's starting to dwindle. We poke our head back through the curtain and we say, do you want to know the favorite flavor? And that's when the real heads, the cave dwellers, the creatine loaders, you know, that's when yeah. the real heads come out. And they get that sacred information. Not too dissimilar from the sacred information in uh, this week's uh, supplemental reading selection, but we'll get into that later. Um, right. Let's continue. There are, there are those. Sorry? No, I said let's continue with, with Damon's correspondence. Right. Well, I was just going to jump in there really quick and just say there are a few, just so people know that in, in the many Q&A uh, emails we get, mm -hmm. uh, we will not be answering questions related to flavors of things, along with a number of, let's say, private and private pieces of information, such as, I mean, jelly beans is a good example, but tea, tea color, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about which we drink more of. Home address. The home address, take it or leave it. Yeah. But teas, that kind of information, you know, we do, you know, do we eat the half oats or whole oats? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I think, I think the real listeners should know that there's a, there's a precedent that's been established. You know, we'll talk government name, birthday, social security number, astrological chart. We'll talk job address. We'll talk, you know, political crystals. allegiances. Yeah. Crystals, you know, we'll talk about speaking truth to power and opening our third eyes. But if you want to ask us about, you know, how do I get my, my smoothies, uh, it's such a perfect consistency every morning, you know, how, how do I go master chef junior each day? Well, that's not gonna, that's not possible. And I'm sorry, you know, um, you know, what do you do a four or six minute brew time on your tea? I'm sorry. That's not information I'm willing to, uh, to divulge. Here's what I get. Here's what I get. Uh, herb and spice mixes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. Not happening. Hey, Steven, what do I put with my oregano? Yep. Google it. It's not going to tell you the right answer, but they say, they say, Steve, I'm building a dry rub. Uh, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got paprika. I've got oregano. I've got salt. I've got pepper. You, they say, what else can I put in here? You say, that's none of your fucking business. Is it? Oh boy. Mm -hmm. My secret dry rub recipe. Yeah. yeah. My secret dry rub recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Fat chance, pal. Keep dreaming. Marinades. Marinades. Hey, what's your home marinade? Yeah, people are bat people are beating down my door saying, "Jared, we're dying to know how you make the the raw fruit vinegar, how you how you go Master Chef Junior on the raw fruit vinegar." And I say, "Yeah, keep dreaming, pal. Make it yourself. You Figure it out. Fly right over the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I really hate to get that drastic, but yeah, I hate to I hate to peel back the curtain for a second and 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 uh, reveal our you know, let's say what it is, uh, disdain for our, 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 the unwashed of our fans, you know, the less enlightened, you know, I hate to, I hate to get on my high horse, my holier than thou high horse, but you know, every once in a while, 
every once in a while, I got to ride again. Every once in a while, I click my spurs and I say, I'm back on that horse. House. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, like house. Anyway, to continue, house like house. to continue with, um, let's see, to continue with uh, Damon's correspondence, the second Quick bit of question. housekeeping. Yeah, what's up? Sorry. Great question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, did you ever watch that show Bonanza? Once upon a time, sure. Do you think Haas was supposed to be, do you think his, his name was Horse, but everyone just mispronounced it? Because they called him Haas. Do you think yeah. it was just a Southern thing? I'm seeing what you're saying. Um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's not my place. It's not my place to answer that. Yeah. Again, that's that's sacred knowledge. That's holy knowledge. Not too dissimilar from what we're about to get into with this week's supplemental reading. Well, right. We're, we're prefacing it uh, intentionally, folks. We're sort of exploring some of the, awesome. the more esoteric, uh, you know, divine bits of information that our listeners are, are dying to hear so that we might better approach this week's subject matter uh, under the pretenses of we are not teachers, we are not here to instruct you. You know, th this is a path you must walk alone. Anyway, to continue. You know, what am I? Oh, sorry. I was just going <laughs> yeah, to just trickle back to the Haas horse thing. Uh, a, a colleague of mine from Texas mm -hmm. uh, did say that uh, did say that that was a kind of a thing. Okay. I believe that. Not specifically with the character from Bonanza, but just something I've been thinking about these days. Yeah. Just sort of thinking about accents and localized dialects and no no i haven't been thinking about accents and localized dialects i've been thinking specifically about the character the Haas, Bonanza the Haas horse sure yeah okay okay any insight well, that you, any we, wisdom we save that for nirvana so all that sage wisdom and i'm just at the edge save of my these seat questions for nirvana yeah anyway Damon also said, uh, thank you, Planters Peanuts, for keeping the podcast going. I think of you two whenever I've got a mouthful of salty nuts. I don't think that needs any editorializing. We'll just move on. Uh, now, I appreciate Steve's meticulous explanation of the relationship between irony and grief on the last episode. I can assure him that after listening to his audio in this podcast, I have gained a truly intimate understanding of grief. And I guess that leads me to my next point, which is that uh, with your support, and we're going to go ahead and put the the um, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App links in the episode description. With your support, we can go ahead and get Steve a microphone. Um, you know, at long last, we can we can put an end to our our I believe mutual suffering. Uh, let's see. Oh, as requested, here's a short story prompt for all the grommet heads out here. I don't know if people recall, as our listeners may recall, um, we had asked Damon to provide us with a short story prompt. Um, and we were going to do sort of a, uh, a Frankenstein monster short story as a podcast which community. We did. Coming up next week. Coming up next week. Uh, in which he said, an estranged friend knocks on your door desperate for help. Despite your differences, you're the only person they can trust. They reveal to you that every single time they orgasm, a mysterious airplane flies low overhead. They want your help to know why. He then provided a little, a little, uh, you know, a little conclusion, a little goodbye, your son, Damon. I think that's a little, uh, I'm actually going to have to make a, make an executive decision there and maybe nix that prompt because that's a, that's a bit, uh, gravity's rainbow. A little bit. 
a little bit. Also a little too horny for my liking. And uh, and I also, I bookmarked a couple lines. A too rated R. I bookmarked right. a couple, well, rated X. I bookmarked a couple lines in this week's uh, supplemental reading selection that too were a little too horny for my, uh, for, for, uh, for my tastes, for my, for my um, delicate sensibilities. Sure. Um, we want this to be family friendly. Yeah. But anyway, thank you, Damon. Thank you, Damon, always uh, for reaching out. You know, we'd love to continue to hear from you. Go ahead and, uh, and uh, you know, for anyone else, any of our other uh, boots on the ground correspondents, fourth, fifth, you know, 10th, 100th mic out there, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at davidfosterwallsandgromman at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear any, any comments about the show. No criticism. We will, we'll, we will not respond to criticism. Um, we will not engage with critics of our podcast or anyone who has something negative to say about what we do here. Only people who want to read with us uh, and want to enjoy a literary classic with us and to continue the discourse around David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, Infinite Jest. Uh, Steve, do you want to piggyback on that? Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, anything contrary to what we think uh, or want to hear, yeah. go straight into that trash bin, that digital trash bin. Yeah, well, it's incorrect. And I, you know, I will not um stomach lies or liars uh i just want to say i just want to give just give a quick shout out to damon money d money damon mun d mun uh damon we appreciate you and uh i tell you what this is just sort of a little brain teaser i've been thinking about i wonder if his parents are uh are uh tomato and avocado because i tell you what damon money is pure guacamole Thanks, guys. You heard it here first. Steve, thank you so much for offering those kind words to Damon in these trying times. I'm sure he appreciates them. Um, do you want to actually? A, that's some that's a money. I'm talking the moolah. Do you want to? Big cheese, Damon. Before we continue, and He's I know made you, out of money. I know you prefer to do the and, ad reads. Do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsors? <clears throat> I just want to go back to Damon Money for a second and just say, really appreciate it, and. Uh, I can, uh, we can, I mean, we can let them know when we, you know, we'll, we'll be going on tour uh, to England very soon. And I can tell you first thing I'm going to say, I'm going to see the, uh, I mean, Damon, who knows if he'll even have time, he'll be rolling in the Benjamin or well, maybe not the Benjamins, it may, maybe he'll be rolling in the Queens mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll be, we'll land there. And uh, first thing I'm going to say, I'm going to, See if I can, I'll dress up maybe in a frock and a tiara and we'll land. I'll say, ah, Mike Moyne, I'm the queen. Yeah. I'll see if anybody believes it. I think they might. I think they might. Although, you know what? Uh, instead of rolling in the in rolling in the Benjamins or rolling in the Queen's notes, uh, as it may be, if we have any say in the matter, they'll be rolling in the Euros. And uh, we'll just go ahead and see if, you know, we have a couple, you know, not to, not to give away too much right now. We have a couple backdoor dealings that we're working on and we're going to go ahead and see if we can just bring uh, the UK into Europe and the European Union. Some big stuff planned for that. Really excited moving forward. Right. Uh, if we're rolling in anything, I'd rather be rolling in the rubles. We'll be rolling. Yeah, we will be taking. That's the thing. A lot of people think that this podcast is done via Zoom. It's actually done in just a, a small room with really poor acoustics. Uh, we are beginning the transition, uh, you know, to beginning the move to take our full podcasting studio, the David Foster Wallace and Gromit Industries Studio TM. Uh, to St. Petersburg, and we're going to go ahead and become the only officially unlicensed Eastern Europe-based David Foster Wallace and uh, by proxy Infinite Just Fancast. Uh, Steve, now do you want to go ahead and get into the sponsors a little bit for this week? Yeah, I mean we started on it, and I want to go to our main, our, one of our mainstays outside of planters, outside of that uh, 
that community just wanted to say thanks to uh, Safeway Select. I mean, they 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 supply us. I have a I have a basement full of jelly beans. They brought a truck, you know, like the cement trucks. They said, "Open the window." That's all they said. They had a they just they had folded big, down the mixer. Yeah, the mixer big tube. Yeah. And they, they had this big cement truck full of jelly beans, and they said, "Open the window." And I said, "Why? What are you doing?" And well, they, said, they didn't tell you they were from Safeway. A man just knocked on your door, asked you to they sign, said, and said, "Open the window." They said, "Open the window," and I said, "Why?" They said, "Son, you make." You make arguably the best darn podcast I've ever heard. And I said, okay. Well. It is funny how many people tell us that. People passing me on the street and say, they go, they say, there goes, you know, the mayor of Seattle, um, the host of one of the best podcasts around. It's crazy. Well. But you got you so, got that truckload of J beans, and how are you feeling? How's how's Safeway been treating you? I'll tell you what, I'm over the moon. I believe it. I'm just about I'm I'm uh higher over the moon than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. I've got a, you know, I've, the cats are in the cradle and I'm eating with a silver spoon. Me, me. I'm over the moon. There we go. There we Wasn't go. that a Julie Garland number? Cat's cradle? <clears throat> no, that, that lyric. I've got a cat in the cradle. Silver spoon. I eat with a silver spoon. Me, me, I'm over the moon. Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Like, again, who am I? Again, who am I to contest uh, your truth? You know, when you speak such sage words to me, who am I to contest them? I just want to go ahead. I just want to either her or Liza Minnelli. I just want to go ahead and lead into our uh, next sponsor, returning sponsor, um, the North American Vinegar Initiative, uh, NAVI uh, LLC TM, for short, sure. for those who are in the know. And I just want to say thank you because much like how Safeway came to you with the unmarked cement mixer and dumped them through your window, they came to me with the uh, unauthorized, you know, matte black fire truck. And they went ahead and pulled that hose out and they said, do you have a vessel that can store this? And I said, I've got a couple liter jars. You know, I've got some glassware around. They said, bring everything you can. So right now I have a bathtub full of raw vinegar. Um, I got vinegar... I got vinegar coming out of every pore, every glass in my home. I'm tiptoeing around full glasses of vinegar, no lids. And I tell you, um, my GI track has never been more thankful. Thank you so much to the North American Vinegar Initiative. I have been drinking this vinegar. A tip, a tip, um, and this is a, this is a sponsored recipe. This is a, a joint production. One of our many projects that we talk about on the show from time to time are that we give teasers to. I'm finally ready to unveil and this will be in the show notes as well. I'll include this recipe. This is the uh, David Foster Wallace and Gromit signature cocktail, uh, a co-production with the North American Vinegar Initiative. You're going to go ahead and take a rocks glass. Um, you're going to go two ounces raw fruit vinegar, preferably. Give me just a second because I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow along with you. Yeah, go ahead and follow along, please. Rocks glass is two ounces of vinegar. Yeah, don't step too far away from the laptop because your audio is going to get really bad. Okay, got it. Okay, all right, thank you. Uh, rocks glass, you're going to go a little bit of ice. You're going to go two ounces raw fruit vinegar to uh, four ounces soda water, preferably something sharp, maybe a Topo Chico. And then you're going to go ahead and put in two ounces of a nice dry gin. Uh, or if you're feeling bold, um, like a Hendrix. 
something a little more, uh, uh, those botanical notes, more herbal notes, a little bit juicier. And, uh, and then go ahead and garnish with either a piece of basil, you know, twisted piece of basil, a little bit of mint, a little bit of rosemary, a little bit of sage, some kind of herb that's going to add a nice little bit of aromatic to your uh, David Foster Wallace and Gromit, the DFWAGNAVILLC co-production cocktail. Uh, thank you so much again to the North American Vinegar Initiative for all the hard work they do and for supplying us with a seemingly uh, lifelong supply of vinegar. Go ahead, uh, Damon, or any of our other Boots on the Ground correspondents, please uh, you know, hit our email if you're looking to get some of this vinegar, and we'll go ahead and uh, forward your address to the NAVILLC. Thank you so much. Steve, any other sponsors Thanks, for guys. this week? Any other sponsors for this week? I'm going to try right now. Go ahead. Think of that. That's about the best darn drink I've ever had. There we go. Thanks. Thanks, Vinegar. You're just about the best drink out there. Your body and mind will thank you. Um, Just as your body and mind will thank you for listening to David Foster Wallace and Gromit. I'm going a mile a minute, uh, a mile an hour right now, my brain and my eyes because I've had some vinegar and I'm really I'm feeling on top of the moon it's almost as if I've reached nirvana which is something which is a teaser as to what we'll get into yeah later you know here on the show we like to uh tease out this week's supplemental reading and how it might pertain to infinite jest and uh, no better way to continue edging our listeners by getting into a recurring segment we have on the show that's right this is tasty tipples sometimes known as tasty teas uh, it's a returning segment where we discuss a little bit about what is fueling us for this podcasting experience. Now, before the show started, obviously, I'm, I'm imbibing plenty of, that's right, tap water, municipal tap water here in Washington State. Can't go wrong. It's the best around. Um, additionally, I went ahead and made myself some celery and spinach juice. Uh, popped an apple in there as well, keeping me going, feeling good, feeling tasty, and, and enjoying my morning. Now, to fuel me for the show, and Steve, I hope you don't mind me just go ahead and taking off on this segment, I have brewed myself a pot for everyone watching the live feed. They can see what I'm holding up to the camera right now. That's right. This is a, uh, uh, a 0.6 liter um, heat-proof glass pot full of, that's right, silver needle tea. It's a white tea. Oh, that looks good. It's a white tea. It's, uh, it's very fragrant. It's got a nice earthy quality, a little bit of sweetness, and it is uh, a relatively mild caffeine because I've already had so much today. And this is actually, uh, and this is, they're not our, my language. they're not our sponsor, but boy, would I love them to be. This was actually acquired at the, uh, at the, the local tea shop, uh, Seattle's Best Tea Co., uh, located wow. in the International District. Uh, this is an earnest plug for anyone who might live in the greater Seattle area. They're a very small business. They're very knowledgeable about what they have. And I picked up a number of great teas from them before, including a, a pearl jasmine, one of those long jasmine ones that they ball up. And that's great. Mm. Um, and a high mountain black tea. Actually, a bunch of, picked up a bunch of stuff, but it's great. And they also have a lot of fermented teas. But we're going go nuts here. Let's go in for a, uh, it's not the first sip, but let's go in for a sip. Let's see how we feel about it. Oh, sounded clean. I can tell you it's two things. One, it's piping hot. And two, it's damn good. There you go. I like the sound of that. I just wanted to piggyback on that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Seattle's best Tico. When I I visited Jared for conventions and such, and I've seen it. Uh, you know, we've we've gone there and also uh, gone with some family and whatnot. And I have family members too that are very very strong advocates of the uh, Seattle's best Tico. Mm-hmm. 
as as am I, of course. I'm just saying it, it extends pretty far. And so uh, their expertise and their quality products are uh, very, very appreciated in this day and age where tea is a forgotten commodity. Nobody realizes how much tea there is on earth and nobody cares. I can tell you right now though, one, I'm choking. <laughs> Two is that's that what, um, nobody, nobody cares about tea more than our listeners. That's right. As part of our uh, newfound brand partnership with Seattle's Best Tea Co., we we're talking. We had the cave dwellers when once we were we were leading we were leading them like the famous parable. We were leading them out of the cave. We were showing them the real world. Then we had the creatine loaders. We were exploring 2018. The only way we knew how by ingesting. Uh, 25 to 30 grams of creatine a day. And now in the year, our Lord, 20 money, one year, the bag chaser, we are adopting yet another moniker for our devoted, our, 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 our ravenous, our fervent fan base. That's right. The broodleaf boys. These are the fellows that can't get enough of that brood leaf. These are the fellows that go absolutely hog wild for that brood leaf. Thank you so much again to Seattle's Best Tea Co. for providing this week's tasty tipple. Steve, tell us, tell us a little bit about your tipple. Well, I just want to tell you really quick, and that's just that I've also got a brew. I've also, I'm also drinking tea. Tell me about that brew. And let me tell you, it's like our cousins over across the pond. Yep. In Damon's stomping grounds. Yes. You know, that's really what brings us together because we all, and I know they do this. I've seen them do this. That's the, they, they, they try to take a sip of tea and they say, hello, my own from England. And it mm -hmm. is, and we do it here. We all do. And that's what brings us together because we love tea. And that's what I have to say. This is, this is actually a Brazilian lime. The tea I'm having, it's a green. I won't say whether or not that's my favorite. It right. just happens to be the tea that I'm drinking at the yes. moment. The green Brazilian wine. Oh, that actually is going to bring me to the next sponsor. It's not, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, let's tell them a little bit about where you procured this Brazilian lime. I think this was a gift. Oh, okay. Okay. That's this week's true sponsor is the spirit of giving. Of giving appreciation and going into the year, our Lord, 20 money, one year of the bag chaser with an attitude of gratitude. I agree with that. And I'll say amen to that. Or I'll say om to that. So I'll say om to that as well. And another and that, thing that I'll say om to before we get into this week's supplemental reading is I actually had an idea. This is this is off the show notes. We're going a little we're going off, uh, you know, we're going off roading right now. I'm telling I'm inviting Steve to hop in my dune buggy. And we're getting off the damn street. Uh, I tell you I, what, we better go grab a Chevy Silverado because we're going off the road. <laughs> There's a little idea that I wanted to float by you. I'm just curious. I'm just curious what you make of this. I was thinking about this before we started the show. So um, and this is a this is a serious. I'm just curious what you what I, I want to get your take on this. What if every a neighborhood bar post COVID, right? What if every neighborhood bar had their own? Cause like they have their, they have, they get the health inspection. They're already FDA certified and they have their liquor license. What if they reserved like a 10 by 10 foot, not even that, let's say, let's say a five by five foot space in the kitchen or in the back or wherever for 
uh, a small batch brew, what if, what if every bar, like let's say here in Seattle, let's say every bar started doing their own extremely small micro brew where, you know, let's say it takes two months to create the brew. So every two months or so they announce like, Hey, you know, on this day, we're releasing the brew. And let's say a Rainier or a PBR or something that's like a $3 beer, their brew is two fifty, And when it's gone, it's gone. Would that not create for the, and like, you know, it's not going to be competition for real craft breweries because they have, you know, much larger capabilities and they can work with different like exotic malts and stuff. I mean, this is, this is just light beer. Would that not create a much more hospitable community environment around neighborhood bars and create like a greater sense of, uh, of community outreach in individual bars? Like, I'm just thinking if around me that existed and if in every part of the city, people had their own like claim more of like a, a more local, how do I want to put this more local or neighborhood pride. And they were able to say like, you know, oh, have you been over to so-and-so? Yeah, their beer is great. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't go over there. I live right next to so-and-so. Their beer is great. And it was just like this like niche thing, this fun little thing that everyone in the city was able to enjoy without really cannibalizing business or uh, creating that much competition among microbrews. What do you think of that idea? I think if we did that, we'd be one step closer to Nirvana. I think so, too. I think so too. Yeah. I think I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and license David First Foster Wallace and Gromit, David Foster Wallace and Gromit um, Restaurant Consultancy Group, uh, DFWAG, uh, RCD LLC or RCG LLC, and start shopping that around. I just it's a little too earnest. Um, you know, I don't know if our fans deserve this kind of sincerity. You know, obviously this is the only official, officially unlicensed Infinite Just fan cast. Um, you know, one of the premier works of the new sincerity movement. So maybe it, it would behoove us to be newly sincere for a moment. That's but I, but I do really, I do really like that idea. And I think that would be like a really, I don't know. I think that would just be a great way to rally people together, get everyone a little bit closer when all this is over. I just imagine if I had that kind of access so close to me, that would, uh, I don't know. I think it's yeah. time that something like that exists. If I have the capability to make like two kegs worth of beer in my apartment, there's no reason why they couldn't make it down there. Also, I, I think that it would, I think that it would increase. It brings tea heads together. It would. I think that, I think that uh, one of Seattle's problems right now with like neighborhood designation is that it's gotten so dense and it's become such a large city that the way the neighborhoods are split up isn't really enough anymore. And I think it would, it would, this would aid in, uh, I guess, further diversification or like stratification of these neighborhoods into smaller local clusters. Like it would be the difference between, you know, uptown, lower Queen Anne, Queen Anne, you know, like you just kind of rebuild these or redraw some of these lines around each neighborhood having one or two of these. And it would completely like chop up Cap Hill, but you'd have each neighborhood having its own sort of like little local brew, so to speak. I don't know, just a thought, just a thought. Any of the grommet heads, any of the... Any of the grommet heads, uh, cave dwellers, creatine loaders, or uh, broodleaf boys out there who like that idea and have some kind of uh, financial capital that w is willing to invest in David Foster Wallace and Gromit Restaurant Consultancy Group Holdings LLC, uh, shoot us an email at davefosterwallaceandgromit.com or at email, uh, davefosterwallaceandgromit at gmail.com. All right. Stage, I just want to amend that. Go uh, ahead, please. Thank you. Maybe the broodleaf gang. Interesting. I don't want to leave anyone out. Well, no, we're saying boys in a gender neutral. We could say, well, here, what, what, what about this? What if we had a qualifier to boys 
and we make it the Broodleaf Bad Boys, and that way anyone can be a bad boy. I mean, I guess that's a workaround. Hmm. It's, I don't no, know you're if it holds right. up in court. Well, I mean, what do you want it to be? Do you want it to be the Broodleaf Folks? Do you want it to be, how about... Um, the Broodleaf Bunch? The Broodleaf Bunch is good. That's okay. There we go. Thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, um, all listeners of Dave Foster Wallace and Grom at all walks of life, we are pleased to announce that you are now formally a part of the Broodleaf Bunch. We will have merch coming soon. Actually, we will have merch coming soon. I have recently discovered how easy it is to throw designs up on like um, <clears throat> like Redbubble and Teespring, like drop shipping sites. So we will absolutely have some kind of podcast merch coming soon. And if no one buys it, that's totally fine. You know, I would understand you not wanting to wear a podcast t-shirt or a podcast, you know, have a podcast tote bag. But if you so wanted to get a shirt that maybe said, hi, my name is, you know, Cave Dweller, or uh, maybe a shirt of, uh, of Steve's face that says Hobbit Head, you know, those will be available. Wouldn't soon. be bad. Wouldn't be bad. Certainly wouldn't it be It would bad. be pretty good. But I bet, I bet a lot of our listeners are the type to look at people with podcast t-shirts on the street and say what a chump you know we just don't know that's why we need more correspondence from you guys david foster wallace and grom at gmail.com for all we know this is uh, a favorite podcast among harry potter fans which we certainly did not intend but you know you really never know uh steve i think it's about that time uh we are 32 minutes into the podcast would you like to introduce this re- this week's supplemental reading selection the moment you've all been waiting for you've been waiting i know you've been waiting when are they gonna do siddhartha by herman hess well i gotta tell you today's the day yeah we thought this week we thought this week you know we've been we've been expanding our mind expanding horizons Mm. over the past few years Mm. of this podcast and in previous weeks we've really you know, you know, I, I remember what, just, just three weeks ago, we went ahead and read, uh, the art of war for the podcast. We read the art of war. We read, uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. We read on the road. So I think it's about time we take a step back and we introduce David Foster Wallace and Gromit presents, um, fiction 101. Yeah. And, uh, Steve, could you give us a quick summary or maybe some of your, some of your, uh, introductory thoughts? On sure. Siddhartha, on this week's selection? Yeah, this is this is uh, episode one of our series called In the Classroom. Yes. Where we will be doing classroom texts that we, perhaps are reviewing. Uh, to summarize, Siddhartha is the story of a young wise man, student, uh, learner. Brahmin sons. Yes. Yeah, but let's put these into. Doesn't make any sense if we say. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. That's that is 100 percent my mistake. Let's let's put these into terms that are a bit more so uh, a bit accessible. 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 Yeah. He's a he's a high priest's son. A high priest's son. Sure. Sure. Uh, Basically, learning the ways of meditation, learning the ways of uh, devotion on the way to enlightenment. Uh, living a life of asceticism and effectively what we're looking at as a as a summary of the story is uh falling away or rather than falling away perhaps 
choosing to remove oneself from a life of asceticism or reject a previously <clears throat> or a life that was previously devoted to asceticism or devotion, something like this, uh, learnedness, mm -hmm. and veering into a life of, as, as described in the book, childlike people. Right. Or as described perhaps by us, uh, normal. Yeah. More simple. Yeah. Basically what we have is a, is maybe a bit of a compare and contrast between those two lives and the effects that they have on the mind, mm. on the spirit or on the soul. Ending with a retrospective, uh, running across several characters, perhaps knowing our protagonist in one life or the other, or even perhaps both. Mm -hmm. Conclude with a retrospective, the effect of his life, the things that he's done, what he's produced, perhaps, offspring, and where he is, and what enlightenment is. It's, uh, that's kind of the idea. Right. We're following, we're following this character over the course of, I mean, I think about 40 years. Yeah, yeah. basically his done, life. Yeah, his whole life. Um, yeah. as, as we're moving kind of from, yeah, there's a good, there's actually a, good, a very good line at the end that sums it up nicely where he said, you know, as, the, as sort of like a nascent, you know, religious character, you know, he believed, uh, what is it, like a stone, a stone is a stone, I'm seeking enlightenment. And then he moved to become an ascetic, a wanderer, sort of a nomad, a, this, this nomadic monk who's, who's rejected all society's trappings. And then to him, it's, you know, a stone is not just a stone, but, you know, we need to, he's discussing great suffering. He's looking for an end to suffering. He's seeking nirvana under the pretense of the end to suffering and dejection and, and desolation. And then in the end, through a series of events and through, you know, heartache and, and great learning and returning to society, we're then rejecting society and, you know, uh, the many ways in which his path twists and turns, thinking about killing himself a handful of times. Um, he realizes that a stone is a stone and that it is everything at once. It is its past lives, it's its future lives, it's a, it is representative of love and the love I feel for it. And I guess kind of the overarching theme of the book is maybe the difference between someone who believes themselves to be religious versus someone who is spiritual this idea of religious devotion and zeal of of um you know the old testament versus the new testament god of of uh, great adherence and and a sense of a wrathful god versus um you know embracing those around you inclusion and love and and a great peace with the world found through that joy and harmony um i'm not convinced on that end but Oh no! What did you? I mean, I'm not agreeing with that take. I'm just saying that's what's happening. What do you? What did Old you Testament, New Testament take? No, I don't. Oh no! I'm just saying the difference between the wrathful God and a more forgiving and um, accepting God. One one that needs sacrifice versus one that is teaching love and kindness. Hmm. No. In any case. Okay. I mean, my Some maybe some favorite thing to that. Yeah. But again, case, this is, I mean, this is not, yeah, I do. I do. Again, 
in a in a in a moment of sincerity, I don't want to get too into the weeds on uh, our own experience and perception of religion as it pertains to this book. I do think there is an argument for like the sense of the, the difference between organized religion and like um, uh, you know uh, finding God through introspection and self-awareness which i think is also like a big theme in the book but um you know it's it's definitely not gonna be my place to talk about uh buddhism in any way no yeah go, i think go off well i'm i'm i guess i'm not i'm not entirely sure so i'm just gonna kind of go go uh, i'm gonna hop in the silverado and just kind of go off road yeah go ahead there. I'm not sure if it was about who's to say. Sure. It was very much, of, I mean, of course, with this topic, it's ambiguous. It's, mm -hmm. this, this road has been tread before in books. A lot of it at the beginning dealt with superiority as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't so much about finding God in oneself, because I think the, our context to that is different. I mean, certainly mm -hmm. my my context for that is different because I really know uh, I know little about, let's say the uh, let's say uh, Eastern Eastern Southern Buddhism, mm -hmm. or I think in this case in India, yeah, the kind of Buddhist ideology particularly in a context because i've not been raised yeah we're not well learned context yeah. so so i don't i can't speak to that mm -hmm. but to me uh like finding god in oneself or finding god in the world i'm not so sure that that's a, a apt comparison frankly because i don't really i think the way i frame that is frankly, a, a specific way based on my background. Mm -hmm. So perhaps, perhaps there's something to be said there, but in any case, this, this tale's been tread in that I think it's also about, I mean, it's also, it's also perhaps a, a, a Joyce, you know, Stephen Douglas mm -hmm. story uh, in the same, in a, in a similar way, right? as far as Catholicism and then living of the living of the uh, self, living of the internal self, then living of the external self, mm -hmm. and then a retrospective of both. Mm -hmm. Perhaps something to think about. That's, that's kind of what this was, was less about finding God in yourself or finding God in creation or something like that, as we would think of it, but rather more... Um, it seemed to me more about kind of this long tread or oft tread tale of finding happiness or purpose, mm -hmm. which I think could be different, though the happiness or purpose as opposed to finding God in oneself or God in in the world. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Because it does at the beginning. Mm -hmm. he's, he's pretty clear about uh, his effect on other people was one of superiority his effect on the inside was one of 
not being enough. And that caused him to say, I need to teach myself to not need. Right. And then he sense. said, I've done enough of not needing. I want. Mm -hmm. I live of the self in the sense of I don't need anything. Now I live of the self as in I act on the things I want. Right. Well, what was but it he it taught like himself? It was, it's maybe more about like the idea of, it, to me, it's just something to think about. But sure. Maybe it's more about the idea of how, how do we measure or define purpose and happiness in ourselves and mm -hmm. the world. But again, it's kind of, it's kind of at this point in the 2000s, mm -hmm. 2020s, We've kind of gone through this. I mean, it's tropey. That's all. Maybe that's it's tropey. Sure, but I think um, I guess two things. One, yeah. So he had because he had taught himself what it was. It was listening. It was fasting, and it was thinking. Those were his three. Or is that right? Skills. Yeah, he, yeah. His three skills that he had then since yeah. like he had eventually neglected, which brought him back to asceticism eventually, or not even quite to asceticism, more to a a more. What's oh, the best way to put it? A hidden life, you know, a more um, yeah. respectful life to to himself and to the world around him, in his belief. Um, I guess I guess my perception of it and the way that I'm evaluating the book is of the time in which it's taking place and time in which it's set, because mm -hmm. you have to acknowledge all these things. It's not. It is about. You're right. It is about finding happiness and purpose, and like at the end, it's about finding versus seeking, or it's a it's a life spent seeking and eventually you know a, an end to that a life spent finding and discovering and appreciating but at this point in time it's very explicitly stated that there is this larger it, it's at a point in time where religion has a much greater it's not a secular society i guess is what i'm trying to say so you know everyone is is understanding of the ohm of of what they're seeking of what they're looking to hear of what they're looking to find in the world and that's what I guess I'm just what I initially am talking about with this idea of not it's not you know, I'm not I, you can't compare it to I'm sure you can I mean, it's not my place to compare it to uh, our understanding of like Protestantism. But that comparison between the most holy men, the believed holy men, the Buddha to, uh, you know, to the, 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 the men in the desert, these, these, these ascetics, who are looking for signs that are looking for teachings, they're instructing, they're fasting, they're doing all these things very, very pentiful, very respectful and reverent of these teachings with the hope of finding something, eventually just seeking peace, seeking an end to suffering, you know, uh, these different sacrifices and um, what do you call it, the, the ablutions, the, the washing yourself, the ritual of it all. Whereas by the end, Siddhartha is tired of ritual. You know, he's not trying to impart anything on his son before he loses his son. He's not trying to impart anything on anyone else. He's not, he's even saying like, you can't, anything I tell you will be gibberish. It'll be nonsense. I can't give you any teaching. I can't impart wisdom. You have to experience it. It's like, this is something you have to, you have to be able to see the world, hear the world around you, understand the world, find things in it. And you have to approach it with love. And that's the key distinction. Um, all in all, I mean, it's, you're right. It's, it's tropey, but it's tropey in the way that like, like a good, a good example for that is like, I've never, um, I've never seen any like Kurosawa film. And at this point, I'm too old to really go back and start because all of them will kind of fall on deaf ears at this point. 
they're they've been reinterpret reinterpreted um you know they've been they've been adapted in so many different ways so much has been stolen from them you can't really go back to any of these great masters because at a certain point you believe you've seen it all this feels really tropey to an extent because so many things so many like self-help books and and ya and oh, things like that yeah, have modeled themselves yeah. after this model of self-discovery of, yeah, sure. yeah, of finding your place in the world you know um which is why here we are in david foster wallace presents you know creative fiction 101 um it's definitely right. it's it's a book that frankly i'm surprised we didn't read in high school or college yeah i mean can't read them all i can't read them all can't read them all no i just mean it's part of i'm like sure a, there a were curriculum. courses yeah that had them instead we read you know uh what, what we were like 1984 i feel like we just read a lot of sci-fi a lot of dystopian sci-fi we read a little more sci-fi yeah ayn rand yeah that's aged well <laughs> but no yeah it's it, actually hold on a second that is weird we read mostly sci-fi yeah huh there's probably something larger to get out there um but you know out, outside of the narrative outside of kind of what what we could say about it i mean what did you did you did you at least enjoy yourself i know this wasn't really what we read it's it um you know it is very it is i'll, I'll say this, it's well written but it is very um, kind. Of, I don't want to say infantile. That's so uh, that's so dismissive. But it is. It does feel very um, kind of. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, amateur in in terms of its its the conversation it's having yeah. about self and about your place in the world compared to like when we read compared to uh, let's say like Concrete Island, where it's like we're we're way past talking about self discovery and self awareness. We're getting into the fucking weeds on what your place in the world is now. Um, but I mean, you know, language there. but what, you know, but what do you, but what did you feel about in general? How did you, how did you, did you enjoy yourself? I mean, look, it's, it's always good to read. It's always good to read. It's always, uh, well, yeah, well, that too, but I was going to say, it's always good to read something that uh, you kind of know about and it's, everywhere one of those kind of bookstore ubiquity mm -hmm. bookstore ubiquities one of the maybe. like classic it's not it's not actually one of the like seven story archetypes but one of that one of that nature you know the hero's yeah, you journey know, it, it is yeah it is definitely a member of the hero's journey for sure yeah um it's uh it's the spoke zarathustra esque yeah. It's like I said, it's uh, James Joyce esque mm -hmm. in that kind of, but I mean, it's also everything esque because everything kind of deals with this thing. And this is a very overt, more religion tied, yeah, or spirituality tied version of a story that we kind of know. Sure. Uh, I think it's it's not going to be for everyone. Not everyone is going to is going to look at this and say, "Wow, great." Uh, I I do, I do want to bring up because another because it's maybe a comparison a comparison point because it's a bit later. And I think it surely was influenced by Nietzsche. Yeah. Uh, because Nietzsche thus spoke is from eighteen eighties. And this is from 1922. Hesse. Yeah. You know, German 
German language translated who knows when, but in general, I think most certainly this is because this is kind of a, a maybe a second half kind of this this idea of a character rising this prophetic output. It's obviously not the same. It's not the same story. It's not the same arc. This this has a start and then the character arc and the middle is kind of him, you know, Siddhartha experiencing the pleasure of the world, let's say. And then him coming full circle and uh, and revolving back to the beginning yeah. and realizing that that was more for him. We don't have that arc at all, but this idea of self-enlightenment or the idea of prophecy or in, in a very religious sense, superiority, things like that. Uh, you could be... To me, it seems like there's certainly some influence there, or I would I would think because there's a there's a similar feel to those, yeah, to these two, Nietzsche and Hesse, and I think uh, I prefer the spoke to Siddhartha, but uh, I think it it dealt with a little bit more wild. The language is more wild. This is very, maybe it's the translation, but this is a very kind of like what Jared was saying, not not infantile, but uh, I don't know, standard. It's, it's, it's very accessible. It feels very entry level. Yeah. 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 Which I did want to. This is a classroom staple. Right. I did want to bring to light a couple things. And I, like I said, I yeah. bookmarked a couple things. Um, back in one of the earlier sections before he had even met with uh, Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have a couple quotes that I've taken umbrage with. And we've, we're, we're, we're getting close to the end here. But uh, I just want to read you a quote from what I have here in my, in my version page uh, 87. Uh, At this, he embraced Govinda, wrapped his arms around him. And as he was pulling him close to his chest and kissed him, it was not Govinda anymore, but a woman. And a full breast popped out of the woman's dress, at which Siddhartha laid and drank sweetly and strongly, tasted the milk from this breast, and tasted of woman and man. Now, before uh, addressing that, I'm going to read one more quote from a couple pages later when he is encountering a woman at the entrance of the village who is not Kamala, uh, to which he said, uh, you know, she approaches him and it's in a, in a sexual manner. And he remarks as and have to, uh, he bent slightly down to the woman and kissed with his lips, the brown nipple of her breast. Now I have to say, I am getting sick and tired, Steve, of you recommending these horny books. I don't want to read it. This is a sex negative podcast and I don't want to read about kissing brown nipples or uh, drinking sweet of man and woman. I'm tired of it. I hear you loud and clear, Jared. I'm tired I, of it. If I would have known, I wouldn't have said it. All right. I suggested it because it's a hard copy. You got the hard copy. Uh, I, suggest, I suggest hard copy things instead of PDFs, but I also keep in mind we want things that... Uh, the the uh, listeners can, can read along in tandem. But uh, I hadn't read this, and it's sitting there. And so know, uh, as a gift, and of course. I thought this would be maybe something, it's nice and short. That's another thing for those who are who are listening. I um, I thought I had a physical copy. I thought I had a hard copy, um, but it was because I thought that uh, our old pal Dustin had given me one, which which harkened back to a story. When I um, mm. I went over to his place one time years ago, 
and uh and he was rummaging through a big pile of books and i saw it there and i was like what's a what's a 35 what's a 35 year old man doing with a little paperback copy of siddhartha and he picked it up does one of these wrap wraps on the cover he says this will change your life and i just remember staring at him going sure did all right okay that's that tells me that tells me everything i need to know um do you want to do you want to talk i know we talked this before we uh started recording do you want to maybe give a little recommendation of who this book might be for you know i guess obviously this is we're not we wanted to add to the equation as a little that was something we've been discussing as a little kind of who's who who would like this because yeah. in, no, in no way are we condemning this book. It, it's just not for us, but no. it's well written. It's an important story. I mean, it's an important like narrative structure to understanding other works in contemporary fiction. You know, so who yeah. who would you recommend this to? Yeah, I'll get into that in just a second. Let me paint it in a more positive light and say I understand why this is a must read. For example, why why some would say this is a must read. Why this is a classroom staple, sure. etc. Because uh, you know. It's just one of those where you're like, oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it is recommendable for those who want to read the classics, who want to get out there and, and you know, uh, build an extensive uh, lexicon. Sure. But I think this is maybe more for, for those who are asking these questions or looking into that Mm-hmm. It's perhaps not so much for uh, the stalwart, right? You know, if you're stubborn as a bunion, and you kind of know your, you kind of know, know what's going on, and you kind of have, you have an idea. You know who you are. You know, you know your tendencies, or you have a specific idea of the world, and these types of things. Then, then, then it's not. But I would say it's probably. He'll probably have a similar reaction, but if you're kind of looking and thinking and maybe getting interested in different philosophies and Eastern philosophy, I mean, there's always there's always benefit from reading from around the world, you know. And so it's maybe more for for the people who are kind of asking these these things, looking into reading classic uh, international literature. Uh, learning about these types of philosophies and stuff like that, then, then that would be, and that would be something or a reason to pick it up. You know, also if you're the type of person who wants a relatively straightforward and short read, mm-hmm. and maybe something where you can kind of put it down every every half hour or so and and think think about it and say, hmm, yeah, something to think about. I mean, there are you know, you know it's there. Are- perfectly valid points raised in it and i do think that it's like a general it's a generally agreeable philosophy oh yeah at large yeah it's a very like i said it's a very tread on idea we've seen this the idea of enlightenment or self-enlightenment self-actualization these types of things you know uh and 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 it's uh yeah, it's probably made its way into a number of self-improvement books for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And self-improvement, not just books, but self-improvement media. 
yeah seminars right. and and this you know, larger finding like, beauty in, in the rocks and, and stuff like that right right which i mean and that's a larger argument that's not for today's episode but is that uh sure. <laughs> the way in which we've ingested that in western media is that not potentially damaging uh just to like the, the combined psyche of so many people that's um, a conversation for a different day yeah anyway you know it's you're not going to believe this we're at 59 minutes right now and we have completely neglected to talk about infinite jest um so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and table this for today and we'll pick back up on our next episode with our of course our weekly selection from infinite infinite jest and uh you know the insight and the wisdom that we can provide with our reading and, and our analysis of it um in closing i just also wanted to preface uh next week we will be reading i'm gonna go ahead and take the reins on this one we will be reading thomas pynchon's um crying a lot 49 nope <laughs> we're gonna be reading uh gravity's rainbow stop that we're gonna be reading lowlands Neat. off oh. of his uh slow learner uh short story collection okay uh, something quick i sent you the pdf or the, the ebook for it something a little quick um hopefully everyone at home can read along i can put the i assume it's uh it's like a what, what do you call it fair use or or like public domain i can drop the the ebook and the episode notes if people want to read along at home uh any closing any closing messages for our listeners obviously you know shoot us an email at david foster wallace and grommet at gmail.com of course subscribe on spotify on itunes stitcher wherever podcasts uh excuse me are available to you steve in closing yes and uh anybody out there who wants to hear some wild takes on your favorite classics. Some spicy hot some takes. suggestions. Mm-hmm. Suggestions from around the world. We want to read all of them. Yes. You know what I mean? We want to, we've got a lot on on, uh, on tap. We've got a lot of cool uh, nations, some cool continents yep. to be checking out and uh, going through some classic literature Yeah. and talking to some people I know, trying to get the, the, Hottest printing in Brazil. Yep. Chile. Chile. Uh, I'm also about uh, Greece. Okay. Egypt. Talking, talking. The going cool, Cairo crazy. Uh, going Cairo crazy, right? Um, so yeah, also, we're, we're looking yeah. to kind of read premier classics from different All parts the of the world. I think that's kind of a fun thing. Obviously, this one wasn't. From India, it's no, it's uh, by a German, but yeah. the subject is this kind of Eastern philosophy. So, I mean, you know, the Germans Indian love authors. that. Germans love that cultural appropriation. Um, you know, obviously we do too, and uh, and of course we're going to be setting up the Patreon soon and the merch store. We specifically, so or what's up, Western? We specifically or Western? Oh no, we specifically. We go nuts oh. for it. Yeah. Okay. I we, I we love-, love it. Well, like I said, this is new sincerity, and I, you know, oh, I just don't. want to learn. I'm, look, I'm just trying to speak truth to power and let the listeners know what you were telling me off pod earlier. <laughs> Here we go. This is the premier call-out culture podcast. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with um, with Pynchon and, of course, our, our analysis of David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, Gip and Jest. As always, subscribe on iTunes, on and on. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Appreciate you guys. All the best.